Today, how your hobby can make you money. This is the Seven Figures Podcast Smart Money Strategies for Women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. What are you most passionate about? Today, we are going to help you. We are going to motivate you to turn that passion of yours into a profitable business. Thank you for being here, listening to the Seven Figures podcast, taking time out of your busy day to be here with us. If this is your first episode, well, welcome. We're very excited to have you. And we're excited for our guest today, too, Trisha Kuntz, the purple painted lady. Woohoo! I'm in the house. How are you? Thanks for being a part of our community, women who want to be financially confident. Oh my gosh, I am so honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. This is exciting. Trisha and I met very briefly. It was at a home show. Yes. And we talked for maybe, what, 10 minutes? I feel like we've been friends forever. (laughs) Absolutely. You have such an infectious personality, like so just positive and happy and I want to be her friend. <laughs> I'm radiating. This is just like so sweet. Thanks. So my, my, my confidence boost is like, whoop. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Okay. <laughs> so there are some episodes that we give practical financial advice. And then there's other episodes, which you are going to be one of those that inspires us. That's awesome. Your business is doing fantastic. And we want to know how, how did you turn this passion into a great, successful, profitable business? Good question. Before we go there, though, I want to find out your background because this wasn't what you Mm -mm. went to school for. Yeah, I I really, actually, a lot of the most successful people I know went to school for, you know, A and are doing B, but somehow that path, you know, brought them there. So, yeah, you know, like when I was in high school, I was very artistic. Okay. Um, Sibley Scholastic Art Awards when Sibley's used to be downtown. I was in that. I placed in that. I won the Lilac. The Rochester Sesquicentennial Poster Contest. Oh, mm-hmm. so that might have been what thirty years ago. I have no clue. But um, so I've always been really artistic. Um, my dad passed when I was young. I was like only eleven, and oh. at that point, I remember looking at my mom, and because it was a different generation, and thinking, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up, but I know I'm going to be self reliant. I'm going to have my own income, and. Because you saw her struggle. Yeah, and it was hard. And and I, um, even though I loved art, and I would never discourage anyone from going that path. In fact, my I have a fourteen year old daughter, and I'm definitely supporting her because she's amazing when it comes to that. But for me, I just thought I want to go into a profession where I know I could hit the ground running. So I ended up going to school for mechanical design, which is artistic in its own way. You know, I mean, you're it was drafting, designing. And it was interesting. I kind of felt like, oh, I'm cool because like I'm only like one of the two women in this entire program. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. I went to Alfred. But when I finished the program, I realized I really enjoy people and I didn't want to sit in an office designing, you know, yeah, interacting with some people in a meeting. But I just needed something a little bit more colorful, put it that way. Um, But I ended up going into more of like the business aspect of that and working uh, for a local company that made metal stampings. It was a a manufacturing facility in Tool and Die. And it was really cool. I learned so much. I was there for probably seven years. And a small business, we had about 80 employees. I started out sort of entry-level production control analyst, doing inventory control, interacting with customers, which 
I loved. I loved doing all of that. Um, and it still had some of that technical side to it. And then when I left about seven years later, I was basically the operations manager for the facility. I, I worked for this, an incredible man who was, um, I think, very forward thinking. And because, you know, here I am, this college student. I was 21. I was this young woman in a male-dominated company. And um, I just, every time I would take on a new task, I would learn it. I would make sure I paid attention to how he liked things being done, mm-hmm. but then I'd figure out a way to improve it. And then he would always give me more responsibility, but never take away anything else, of course. So, of course. So you get one hat and then all of a sudden you're carrying like hat boxes because you have hundreds of hats. <laughs> it's the corporate world. hundred percent, sure. especially in a small business. Mm-hmm. So he let me pretty much grow. And um, by the time I left, I managed the entire manufacturing facility, The mm. all the um, people who worked in the metal stamping department. I did all the scheduling, all the raw material purchasing, outsourcing of heat treating, plating. I managed shipping and receiving, quality control. Being the only woman, though, did you feel any sense of... You know, in the beginning, there was probably a little bit of like, who is this young chick right out of college coming in? Sure. Especially your age. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think um, the proof's in the pudding. And you you, you have to have a thick skin if you're in a male-dominated environment. I mean, you really got to be aware. It's not like... Today, there's all this sensitivity training and, you know, you go into some businesses and I think you just need to have be realistic. And honestly, the guys, sometimes I could just dish it right back to them. And we had ultimately it just evolved to some of those guys are some of my really best friends even to today. And I've been out of there for jeepers over 20 years. So you need to be, you know, have confidence in yourself. But I worked really hard. Um, Oftentimes I was the first one there and the last one out. Um, But I learned so much. And it's interesting because from that job or that career step, I then moved into software because this was in the late 90s. So, you know, we were a small company. We had computers, but we weren't networked at the time. All of that was sort of unfolding for new bit for small businesses, especially from a cost perspective. So I knew somebody that worked for a local software company um, that serviced Fortune 500 companies all around the the world. And it just seemed exciting and glamorous. And it really was sort of a new path. And it was um, a software, uh, a bolt-on software for like big companies like, you know, for example, locally Xerox or uh, Subaru, Canadian Department of Defense, Dell Computers. And it helped with uh, supply chain management. So my... Uh, expertise or everything I learned in the last seven years helped and contributed to that new role. So I I then moved on to this new environment of software and computers, which was new to me and exciting. And I did that for about five years. And it's interesting because both of those jobs have taught me so much in the sense of where I am now owning my own business. Isn't that crazy that when you're in the middle of it, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. When you reflect back at what has happened in your life, whether they were tough moments in your life or not, mm-hmm. you're like, aha, that's exactly why that needed to happen to 100%. me. 100%. Whatever it is. It's 100%. crazy, isn't it? And, you know, I, I actually think one of the hardest jobs I ever had was working at the engineering firm because... You know, we were working with different automotive companies uh-huh. and they give you a delivery date and you better meet it, even if there's, you know, no matter what the issue, because they can then back fine you like five to ten thousand dollars a day if you don't deliver. 
I remember one Christmas I was on the phone Christmas morning with uh, a plater, um, somebody that put coatings on the stampings because I just needed to make sure things were moving along. Holiday or not, it had to keep moving. And it was very stressful, but that was probably one of the most rewarding jobs I ever had, I think, Mm -hmm. because, you know, at the end of the week, you would look at the shipping hallway and it would be filled with skids, with packages going out to the customer. And you could literally, it would all get picked up and be empty and you start all over but you could really see what you were creating. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, I think one interesting thing um, also from that experience was uh, working with our team. So every, all the employees in the metal stamping department, um, I was their, their manager. And I always, for me, and this might've been from a different perspective, being a woman, when you're making something technical, you have tight tolerances, you know, like 0.002 that you need to stay within. And, I thought, you know, it'd be really interesting to take our team from the floor, from the production floor, and do some field trips to the customers, to our end customers. So we made a stamping that went into an anti-lock brake system for a Honda. Well, they didn't really understand what is this metal stamping going into. Sure. It's going into a car that your mother drives. And so I would take them to another local company that did maybe a plastic mold on it and then they would see a final assembly, and then they even, I felt like they realized how important their their role was uh, yeah. and what they were doing. Because, yeah, you know, they're making a stamping. Maybe they were somewhat casual on it, but when you realize that's going into an anti-lock brake system and your sister could be driving that car or your, your wife with your children, it's like, wow, now I understand why those tolerances are the way they are. And um, I felt that was investing in the employees and educating them more about what they were doing and creating. And I feel like that common denominator in the sense of valuing valuing your team is something that no matter where I've been and what I do now is, is, is very, it's a priority to me. It feels like you were always in training to be a business leader, to be mm. a leader. Because a manager and a leader is different, yeah. right? We hear that all the yeah. time. Mm. It feels like you've always been. Hmm. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, I think there are people who often, there's that saying, what is it? Um, there are people who um, make things happen. There are people who watch things happen. And then there are people who go, what happened? Right? Yeah. And and honestly, I think um, my mom, uh She's passed, but you know she she didn't graduate from high school, but she was um, very strong and confident. And she would um, tell me, you know, Trisha Ann, if there's something that needs to be done or you feel strongly about something, well, do it. You know, like don't. What are you waiting for? So all my life, you know, even high school, I was class president. You know, I was like, nobody wants to plan the prom, nobody wants to plan the fundraisers. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, even now, you know, there's things in the community and it's like, ah, I'll do it. You know, it's hard not to, I, it's, it's probably in my DNA. Just, well, it sounds like it, that you don't, I mean, failure isn't, doesn't scare you, which it scares a lot of people. It does. Especially women. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I guess I don't look at things as, as failure as being negative. Um, I, I've always looked at every experience as, um, something to learn from because mm. if you you're not going to go out and get a, a home run after the first time you hit the ball yeah. it's just I mean maybe somebody does but um, doubtful 
And if you did, you may not get it again or get a hole in one the first time you pick up a golf yeah. club, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm terrible at golf, by the way. But anyways, I just feel like you need to put yourself out there and practice and figure out what it is you want to do. And then be open to sort of, this sounds kind of goofy probably, but be open to what the universe brings to you. I always tell all my friends, if there's something you are passionate about, if you have a dream, you want to own your own business, you want to run a 5K, you know, whatever it is, you want to be a pastry chef. Uh, Personally, for me, like, I will tell everyone I know, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to figure out how to do it, and I'm going to make all my decisions based on what's going to get me into that path the quickest and the most direct. Because every decision we make influences the outcome of yeah. what we experience. Um, and I, I do believe, my mom taught me this one too, you know, there's no secret to life. The, se- there, in, the secret really is that if you want to do something, just put your mind to it and do it. You're going to have obstacles. There's going to be some failures. But if you truly, passionately want something to your soul, I, for the most part, like at this point, you know, I'm 48. I'm not going to be a, a gold medalist Olympian, right? I mean, it's not going to happen. But um, if I want to, uh, you know, I've been thinking I want to do wedding. I want to have a large event venue. It would be a sort of a fun chapter for me in my life. Okay, what do I need? Like, what do we do? Oh, we own a lot of land. Oh, the next thing would be to figure out, do we want to build a barn? Do we want to purchase a large Party tent, do your research. So what you're are your constantly places? thinking about what do I um, want next? You oh, never yeah. really give yourself time to just, ah, I'm comfortable, complacent, I, I, uh, which is a lot of people would say that's not good. Anyhow. I know, I know. I Trust me, it's probably hard to be in my life like that. But, <laughs> but no, but I think in a good way, um, I don't know, you know, I life is short. Yeah. I enjoy my life. I do. You know, like this past last year, um, just for fun, I'm like, you know, It'd be fun if we had like an old Volkswagen bus. I was on Facebook literally and somebody that I knew down south posted a photo of their 78 Volkswagen bus. I'm not a Grateful Dead person. I, I'm not a hippie. I've never been into that. Nothing wrong with it, but I've, I'm not into that. But I saw this bus. I'm like, gosh, that would be kind of fun to buy that and then get it all decked out and put, you know, my business name, the purple painted lady on the side of it. And I started thinking about it. I'm like. Well, why not do it? Like, why wouldn't I do that? It's oh pretty reasonable. My. And so I called. How much does it cost to ship a boss? You know, it's actually cheaper than you think. It's like it's, it's like 800 bucks. They put it on a wow. one of those things and they bring it up. And did yeah. your husband think you're nuts? Where you're like, yeah, uh, he, yeah, he does. You know, it's funny because my husband, my husband, Steve, um, uh, he is. It, it, yeah, we're like yin and yang, but well, we you have we, to be. You can't have two of you in a relationship, right? Yeah, we would kill each other. Can, yeah. yeah, we'd probably kill each other. Um, or we'd go in debt because I'm constantly like, what about this idea? Yeah, right. You know? Um, <laughs> but my husband, Steve, is like uh, kind of, I guess you could say kind of like the silent partner. He is probably, my, he is my biggest supporter, my biggest cheerleader. I'm not going to get choked up, but he is an amazing man. Aww. I respect him. I, um... I, he, the, I honestly, I'm a blessed woman because what makes him happy is knowing I'm fulfilled and I'm happy. Oh, yeah. How long no have joke. you been married? Uh, 16 years. Wow. And he's an, he's an amazing guy. I mean, he went to Cornell. He, he, uh, set some of the state records for high jumping. He's really? incredibly intelligent. Yeah. He's, he's, 
I don't know what he's doing with me, but um, he chose me, you know, and I even say to him, even this weekend, I'm like, you are crazy. You're like, how did you, how did this happen? You You guys are so cute. So yeah, he's a great guy, but he is, and I, as a business person, if you are going it alone, you need to find your, um, I always say my, my, uh, my village, my, um, tribe, you need to surround yourself with people who believe in you and not just people who are going to be like, yes, 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 all the time. You, you need people that can actually provide you with solid input. But if, if you're, if you're with people who are like, you know, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. Uh, yeah. If it's something that is a passion, I mean, you've thought about it and it's been in you for a long time. You need to find people that are cut from the same cloth because they will inspire you. And I personally, I love to hang out with people who are um, whatever it is, stronger leaders than I am. People who are more successful. I love being with people who, um, you know, volunteer are very active. People who are going to be a wonderful influence on me and that I learn from. People that you want to emulate. Yeah, yeah. like they give me something to strive for. So yeah. how do you turn, because there are there are two schools of thought, especially when it comes to talking to younger kids. It's either find your passion, follow your passion, and you'll be happy, or it's to find the opportunity and somehow incorporate your passion into that. Probably a little both, but more the later, because I some kids, I'm always impressed when people were in high school and they're like, oh, I want to be a speech you know, therapist. And it's like, really? How do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you know that? Well, yeah. Um, right. You know, I I wasn't one of those lucky people. I really was like, hmm, what do I want to go to college for? I I just knew I wanted to be able to have something solid when I finished. Yeah. Um, someone I knew was going to Alfred for mechanical design. And I'm like, yeah, I've been taking drafting. I think I could do that. And I don't know. And I, I went there and I always took 21, 22 credit hours. I got permission. I've always been this way. Like I, instead of just taking the normal 12 or 14, cause all my classes had labs, I still took business classes. Is this the longest you've sat in one spot, by the way? Like Probably. I feel like you're never just sitting relaxing. Oh, I do. The car I, honestly, ride here maybe and right now. Yeah, no, I do. Like, <laughs> you know, we were very fortunate. We put a pool in our home a couple of years ago and I, I did. I sat by the Do pool you? yesterday. And, oh, good. You know, okay, good. <laughs> you're like your mind was probably racing of no, what you could I mean, do when you. No, I, I'm honestly. It's. I'm finally at a point. I think in my life where my mind does go, but it's on things that are just for fun and enjoyable okay, more now. Good. But um, because you, I would. Yeah, I would I'm think intense. that you would say that's very important to get yeah. that time to just. Yeah, it is. And when and you know it's when I go to bed at night, I put my head on the pillow and. I could be talking in mid-sentence, I'm out. <laughs> because I, I feel like, you know, there's that poem. Uh, oh, gosh, I should know who wrote it. Um, but it's, you know, going through life and then uh, at the end of your life, sliding in, you know, totally worn out that you gave everything you could and saying, wow, what a ride. You know, I kind of feel like some people will go through life and then, you never know when your last day is. And you get to that point and you're like, oh, I wish I would have done this. Or um, I wish I would have spent time doing this with my kids. Or I wish I would have said this. And maybe it's because of my dad. I yeah. I honestly, all my life, have really thought about that. I mean, it's in my head. And I do think I live my life like that. 
I really do because if for some reason, you know, tomorrow doesn't come, I don't think I have any regrets. Yeah. And I think some of us lose touch of that. We forget. Well, we time so goes busy. fast. Yeah. Yeah. Time we forget fast. to do that, to yeah. live like that. And I, and this isn't just about business. I mean, my, my family, my daughter, my daughter's 14, um, my friends, my inner circle, my tribe, you know, I yeah. spend, I spend quite a bit of time with these people and they're important to me. So going back to following your passion or finding opportunity, how did you turn your passion, what you love to do into a profitable business? Mm, okay. So, you know, honestly, my business, the purple painted lady totally was, um, uh, kind of fell into it in a way. So after I got married, I had my daughter, which, you know, many women do. Um, and my husband was really supportive. I was working at Xerox. Um, I was traveling. I didn't want to travel anymore. Mm. And my husband was extremely supportive. We didn't get married. I was like 31 when we got married. I had never been married prior. Never really found somebody that I thought was, <laughs> that I could spend my life with, you know? And um, so when we got married, it just seemed at that point, you know, okay, we're going to get married. And when we have a family, I want to stay home, be the supporter and stuff. And I did do that. And, um, but I felt probably from having a career for most of my adulthood, I I was still craving something. Uh, You lacked something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I painted my daughter's bedroom. I did a mural in her room because again, it goes back to high school. I, Mm -hmm. I, I am fairly artistic. So I, painted a mural in her room and, and it came out really great, really cool. And then if I do say so, if myself. I do say so myself <laughs> and uh, then people started asking, Oh, well maybe do you think you could do that in my, in your nephew, nephew's bedroom? Or could you do that? I have a friend. Can you do it over there? And so then I'm like, geez, I'm like, Steve, you think I could actually do something with this? He's like, well, you're happiest when you're painting. So maybe you should paint. So I put a post on uh, Craigslist and I created my own MySpace page. Ooh, MySpace. Love it. Little date, dating myself there. <laughs> and um, literally the very first mural job I got booked was the biggest mural job I've ever done in all my profession is doing murals. And I probably have three to 400 murals in Rochester. And uh, But the very first one um, was for a woman who lived in Victor in a very affluent, very nice neighborhood. And she lived at the top of the hill, if anyone knows where Cobblestone Creek is. And she wanted um, the little engine that could meet Safari. And I remember uh, it was like a month away. We booked it out because I was going to do it when they went on vacation. I was so scared. Every day my husband would come home and I'd be like, Steve, Steve, honey, I, I, don't, I don't think I can do this. I mean, to the point where I was getting almost nauseous. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, he's like, when I used to high jump at Cornell, I wouldn't, I would... Right before a meet, I would I would get sick, and I'd go out there, and I would jump, and I was amazing, and I was so proud of myself, and it felt so good that I accomplished it, that I did it, and I was like, eh, that wasn't really what I wanted to hear. Uh, you know, like, I was waiting for him to say, you know what, if you don't want to do it, right? don't yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. But he, and he, he never said it, and he, because he knew. That you could do it. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I always knew, and he goes, I knew once you got there. Once you started, it would be okay. You would be fine. And I'm like, what happens if I spill paint? He's like, that's why we have insurance. I'm like, okay. So literally I tried everything I could. And he never, in his nicest, kindest way, never let me out of it. 
And um, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, I started to do the drawing and then I started painting and it just flowed. It just went. And then, and then I ended up doing more work for the woman. So, and it came out, if I do say so myself, <laughs> incredible. Like you hold the little engine that could book and that picture is bigger on oh, the wall, like color I... shading. And so um, I, that was, it was, that was helpful. Now, I think you could look at that and it kind of goes back to your conversation about you know, what about failure? And, and and it could have failed. I could have I could have spilled paint. I could have screwed it but up. But you had that support system to tell you, don't worry. And there's always corrective measures yeah. you can take. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. the end of the world. Tomorrow, yeah. even though I just had this conversation a little earlier, it's going to come. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's always, there, it's not the end of the world. You yeah. know, so you learn from things. But in that case, everything went really smooth. And so from there, I just started painting a lot of murals. And then I thought to myself, geez, you know, if I paint murals on walls, I could probably do a decorative design on a piece of furniture, like a dresser, and paint it for somebody's uh, nursery or for their kid's room. Or maybe they like something whimsical or sunflowers and they want it in their entryway. So I started to paint furniture for people. And, um, you know, you kind of use your resources. We live uh, out in Wayne County. We have quite a bit of land. I have... Uh, the previous owners had a like a pretty nice, I don't know, it's like a three-car garage barn, basically. It has really nice skylights, so the light, natural light is wonderful. Mm. It's not heated, but it was great for painting it. So my daughter, I'd get her on the bus to go to preschool, and I'd go right to the bar and start painting, and I would be updating my MySpace page, which is so <laughs> funny, um, putting posts on Craigslist, and just starting small. And so from there... I started to do research because I'm like, I really dislike the whole sanding and the priming of painting on furniture. And the primer I used was kind of, um, I don't want to say toxic smelling, but it was very strong. Mm. And I thought, you know what? And this maybe is from my engineering side. I thought there's got to be something else out there, something, another product that might be easier to use. And so now I'm on Facebook and I saw a post come through from a woman in Boston who was painting her kitchen cabinets with this product called chalk paint by Annie Sloan. And I was like, why is she putting chalk paint on her cabinets? Like that just didn't even seem, why would you want to write on your cabinets? And then also she didn't even prime her cabinets. And I thought that's just going to peel off because that's typically what paint will do. Traditional latex paint. So I wrote her and I asked her some questions and she was really kind, wrote me back and she started to share about the product. And I was like, Huh. I'm like, I gotta, I'm gonna try this because I thought if this is gonna save me two steps on sure. a customer's project and it's gonna come out with a beautiful end result, I, I'm kind of curious. So I called and I ordered some of this product. There were seven people in the United States that sold it, only seven. And um, <laughs> anyway, I, I got the product, no instructions, nothing, you know, just some basic info on the can. And so I shook the can of paint and followed the very minimal instructions at that point in time. And I painted literally like four or five pieces in an afternoon. It was amazing. And I thought to myself, what the heck is this? Like, really, what did I just find? This this paint was like the internet to me, like the next huge thing, right? And I just started painting and painting. And all of a sudden I have like 40 pieces of furniture painted and I would do decorative designs on them too, you know? And my husband's like, what are you going to do with all this furniture? <laughs> like, like literally I'd be driving and hit the brakes and there's like a coffee table. I'd get it. Throw it in my, <laughs> like I was just obsessed. 
And so I'm like, I don't know. I go, I think I'm going to have a sa- like a barn sale. Yeah, I'm going to have a sale. And and he's like, okay. And I'm like, I'm going to invite some of my artsy friends. They can set up a tent or a table. I don't know. And at the time, my 14-year-old daughter was a Daisy in Girl Scouts. I'm like, Daisies can sell hot dogs and cider. I'm like, we'll just have just like a sale. So my husband parked probably 300 cars. No, no, no. Let me think about that. I think we had 300 people come to this event. Okay. So okay. that probably time. That's a lot of people. Just on a whim. Yes, it like is. We put up signs and everybody told their friends and family, you know, and whatever. It was kind of funny. And maybe about 300 people came and I sold all the furniture. I sold it all. And I remember I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I told my husband, I'm like, I'm so excited. And he's like, yeah. He's like, you can keep painting. You can keep using the paint. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, I want to I want to teach people and share this paint with people. And he's like, what are, what are you going to do? And I'm like. I want to open a store. And neither of us ever had a retail store. No one in our family had a business like that. And he's like, okay. And of course, I could see him being a little concerned because here I was, stay at home. He was working. You know, we have our mortgage. We have expenses. Yeah. And it's like, what, what, what is this going to cost? How are we going to fund it? And uh, I found a little retail location on a main street. Um, and it was a month-to-month lease. So it was safe. Um, the initial investment in the paint. You know, I was like, you know, worst case scenario, I said, I, re- I, I think it's important. I think I could sell almost anything. However, if you passionately believe in something, even if you don't possess sales skills, your enthusiasm is going to come through. People are yeah. going to understand and there's credibility there. And I told him, I said, look, I go, I promise I, we're not going to lose the house. I'm not going to jeopardize our livelihoods. If something happens, I'm sure I could, you know, offload the paint to another retailer um, something. And he was like, okay. So I opened my store and it was, you know, a tiny little store. Um, and I remember I had like, like two cans or three cans of every color. And I, I only had the paint and my, the top coat and I didn't have anything else. And I called a girlfriend who sold jewelry and some other stuff. I'm like, can you bring some of your merchandise to fill in my little store? Because it's so bare. And she did. And, uh, anyways, so I started Open the really doors. Really slowly then you oh, did. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big advocate that, you know, unless I believe unless you personally have the resources to start your business, um, especially in today's world, I feel like um, if, if you have a family, even more so. I mean, if it's just you, you probably can rebound if something wasn't to work out. But I, I never took out a business loan. I never wanted to owe money to anybody. So, um yeah, so it was all pretty much cash up front. And even though I knew and things were going along, progressing, I knew I needed a bigger space. I wasn't going to move until I knew for certain that I could um, pay for that, like on my own with the money coming in. And yeah, so it's that's, that's my personal business philosophy. Yeah, and, and you would think that's sort of an oxymoron because talking to me, you probably think I'm not patient. <laughs> Go big or, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and sometimes I am like that. But this, when it involved uh, my family, my husband, yeah. my daughter, I was extremely conservative with, with money in that sense. And so. a lot of people say that, that patience, it'll come. The passion's there, right? You had all the ingredients. The passion was there. Yeah. The support from your family was there. Patience for 100%. the money to come. Yeah. I think also, you know, if somebody's going into business, they have a dream, a bakery, 
They want to have a quilting shop. They want to, I don't know, start an auto garage because I've always thought a, a totally woman-owned auto garage mechanic shop would be like the bomb. I have ideas on that. I'm not going to do it. But anyways, <laughs> if someone out there wants to do it, I'll, I'll talk to you. But <laughs> seriously, like, because I, I think customer service is huge But um, in the details. Um, but I think going into a business, you really need to be realistic. Mm-hmm. You need to look, if somebody's going into it, and I was very fortunate, my husband works at a company, he he carries the healthcare, so I didn't need to worry about that. Um, I knew going into this that if I was able to just make enough money at that point to cover all my expenses, I wasn't even drawing a paycheck at this point. And I really didn't for probably the first couple of years. I just kept reinvesting. Any extra money from the business went right back into the business. Okay, so now say that again. How many years? A couple of years. Okay, I, I think we lack patience. Well, I think people lack patience or more so it's a necessity. They need that income. Well, sure, sure. You know, or and, they think, okay, this is not working. Never mind. It, it, it been a, it's been six months and nothing is happening yet. Yeah, maybe and, this isn't right for me. Yeah, and I think that's unrealistic. Stick with it. Yeah, it's okay. it's unrealistic. I mean, I think they really need to do their due diligence. I honestly, this is going to sound terrible. So if people are, that are um, out there from like the small business council council are listening, I didn't create the whole business plan. Like going five years out, where do I want to be? I don't even think people can. How can you do that? I think it's almost. I shouldn't say this. It's almost a waste of time. I mean, the, it's like all that energy you're going into documenting that. Like, really? I think but you, you had a vision, right? Oh, I did. You I did. did. A shortcut I had a dream. Version. I had a dream. A dream. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I had a couple contingency plans, I guess you could say. If, But I just so in my soul just knew this product was so different. And I think from a business perspective, in my case, yeah, I uh, was selling a product. I think you need to couple that with, um, you need to be totally, in, you know, excited about this product. Believe in it. Yeah, yeah you have sure. to. But you have to couple that with excellent customer service from start to finish in every way possible, in every way you a customer interacts with you, not just face-to-face, but online, in writing, mm. everything. And then you need eventually to have an amazing team that also believes in what you believe, in your vision, in your philosophy with customers. Because, um, I mean, that's to me so important because we have multiple locations. I can't be everywhere at, one, at, at any one yeah. point in time. Um, so who we have on our team is the face of the purple painted lady when somebody walks in. And um, I want people who are excited and enthusiastic about the product and believe in the product and use it and also want to share that and help other people. So now the company, Annie Sloan. Yeah, they were. How easy was that to say, hey, I want to sell your product? Did you have to get approval or what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it was I, I was fortunate. It was sort of entry level because at that point in time, when I first discovered there was only seven people, there's like. There's like 1,600 um, throughout the globe because it's sold in 40 countries, honestly. It's all over the world. In fact, Annie Sloan, um, it lives in England. Um, she's coming to our fall festival in 2019. Um, we have an event every September, and she's she's coming. We're ecstatic about that. Um, but, yeah, you need to have, typically, if you want to carry a certain line, they typically do have a brick-and-mortar location. You need to have a lease a commercial lease, not, oh, I do it out of my 
uh, okay. my barn or but this. But you got in early with this I did, product. but they, I don't feel that that would have made a difference. Okay. Because I'll be honest with you, um, from day one, I never paid attention to what other store owners around the U.S. were doing, like, or how successful they were. I, I mean it in the sense, like, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. I find sometimes people are very, uh, what are they doing? What, well, they should be doing that. We should be doing that. It's like, I think if you are focused on your business and you invest all your positive energy and how can you grow your business, it will happen. It mm. will come. You, you know, some people would be constantly on social media um, writing. It's like, I don't even have time to be monitoring other businesses Pages. Sure, like, it gets in your head too. Yeah, yeah you can't. Do, I, yeah. And that's a good. That's a good. I guess learning life lesson. I think for people in general, it's like, don't be worried about what your neighbor's doing or what they just bought a new pool or they're going on this vacation. You can't judge a book by a cover. You know, you don't. You don't know what's going on. And in your life, I think you need to uh, celebrate your successes, big, small, whatever. Your, your family, your children, like, don't be comparing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not a race. It's not a race. It's not like you have to beat someone to, and you have to stay, you know, neck to neck, to neck with yeah. somebody else and yeah. what they're doing. I, just live your life to what makes you happy. I guess, it's like being authentic. I guess that's hokey and stuff, but, you know, it, I, I don't know. It. I love it. How can we reach out to you if we just want to be your friend? No. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> You're so cute. So, you know, because well, we need to surround ourselves with positive people. I oh, mean, come on. I agree. You are one of them. You're so sweet. I thank you. Um, I well, you can find us, uh, of course, on social media, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook. We're approaching 60,000 uh, followers on Facebook. The awesome. Purple Painted Lady. We um, same for Instagram and Pinterest. We have the same handle name. Um and we also have a festival, like I said. It's in Wayne County, which is not another state. If I it's a, I tell people I live in Palmyra, and they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, if you go to Eastview Mall, you're like eight minutes away. <laughs> really? Come on. Um, but, you know, and I have a store in Greece. So I commute back and forth to the west side. It only takes like, I don't know, 30, 35 minutes, which to me is nothing. You know, it's not like being in L.A. or in New York City. Um, but we have this great event in, in the fall and it's literally at my house. We, we have over 300, 340 artists, all handpicked. Awesome. I pick them all and we have food trucks and bands and, uh, 30 acres of parking. And, um, if I could, this, this event, that festival, it's our ninth year will attract, I don't know, 12, 14,000 people. Wow. And it's one of the things that I'm most proud about is that one, it's, Totally focused on local artists, um, all handmade, so no direct sales. Nothing wrong with direct sales, but in this environment, we really want the um, people in the community that are creative and spending hours, hours in their garage or their basement building, making things. Um, and then the whole event is a benefit. So we um, we have an entrance fee of like five bucks. We give all of that money back to the local community that we live in. So the Rotary um, manages our parking, they get a substantial amount of that. The charity of choice this year is called the Green Angels. They're out of Wayne County. It's a wonderful organization um, that started by a couple, uh, Mariah Vandy Doyle and Bill Doyle. In fact, Mariah just won a uh, a, a state award for a woman of distinction 
I nominated her, by the way. But anyway, um, <laughs> because of all that she does for the community, and they help families that are in distress. They also have, like, this free cycle at Christmas, and all year long they collect toys, clothing, bedding, bikes, books, and they set it up at one of the high schools in Wayne County, and any family can come and go shopping and have a wonderful sh- holiday shopping experience. They don't have to pay for a thing. Wow. And um, I don't know. It's just a wonderful organization. So, you know, up to now, I think we've probably given back over $200,000. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we're a little business. Awesome. I mean, we sound like a big fish, but we're really a little fish. That's in, in remarkable. The How proud you must be. It's exciting. And the inspiration to all of you who has that passion or something that you just can't quiet, right? That voice inside of you that's saying, come on, what about this? Just go for it. A hundred percent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're inspiring too. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Next week on the Seven Figures podcast, our very favorite elder law attorney from Harris Beach, Lisa Powers, joins the conversation again, tackling those excuses that we all have. The reason why we don't have a will. What we need to know, what we need to make sure is included in our will, we will talk about next week. Yep, we're due for some practical financial advice. So in the meantime, you have a fantastic weekend. I will talk to you next Friday and we raise whatever we have in our hand right now. A glass of water, a mimosa, a cup of coffee, your cell phone. (laughs) We proudly say cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women.